Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason Podcast. We are talking about the issues of loneliness, isolation, and how to overcome them with true friendship and community. For more information on these and other issues, check out Jack's website at jackeason.org. Now here's Jack. My special guest today is uh, Preston Tippin. He is the lead pastor at Northridge Church in Marshfield, Wisconsin, and uh, did some very creative things, uh, maybe extraordinary, maybe out-of-the-box things, that their church bought a strip club in their city. We're going to be talking about that today, along with uh, a lot of ministry and uh, tips from him about really making a difference together uh, as the body of Christ. And as I've started investigating this to prepare for the book, I discovered that, you know, Maybe one of the reasons why we don't do that too well is because there's this epidemic of loneliness on the planet. Um, okay. uh, you know, the uh, most people think, well, that's probably the elderly, the widow. That's that's a, a group. The largest group is the millennial generation, which is the most connected, but surprisingly the most lonely. Um, sure. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff I'm going to be talking to different you know, psychologists and ministry people about, but the, but the main gist of the book, the conclusion that I want people to come to is, you know, g- God knew all this, <laughs> which is why he created community and uh, mm-hmm. why he wants us to do life in community. And when we do life in community, uh, we're, we're better together is the tentative title. I don't know what the publisher will decide to call the book, but um, uh, we are better together is, is the title that I came up with and the benefits of okay. doing, doing life together, which is, you know, the whole Acts 2 passage which is uh, the benefit of sure. fel- fellowship and sharing your resources and, and the benefit of worship, corporate worship. You got all these th- there's, there, there are benefits that God created. But when we work together, some awesome things are happening. So I, I was sharing this with Cynthia back at – my wife is, is, is really the published author. She writes Christian fiction and is in, in the world with Cynthia, uh, the same sure. genre and world. And so we were sitting there at dinner, and I was talking about this, and Cynthia's like, well, i, mean, I got to tell you what our – what our church did about, you know, a powerful example of working together. And so she's telling me this story, uh, the best of her recollection. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that is you're 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 speaking my language. And she's like, well, the person you really need to talk to <laughs> is my pastor. Uh, she's like, he can tell you the whole vision and story. So. Um, so, yeah, man, I wanted to hear just. Uh, N- number one, you know your your heart. Where does this come from uh, for you personally? Uh, this whole idea of making an impact and just hear the story, kind of unravel it for me. If I'm remembering correctly from her, it was uh, really how you guys are making an impact locally with an area of the of the community that has sure. been uh, hit by prostitution and and maybe even human trafficking, which we deal a lot with uh, in the Dominican Republic. So. Uh, so yeah, just t- okay. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I, honestly, the the story kind of starts with probably about oh gosh, we're gonna go back probably about seven seven eight years. Um, and our, our lead pastor at the time, his wife just had a real burden uh, to to reach those who are uh, in the business of. Uh, whether it's prostitution or uh, sex trafficking, or in our case, in our small town, it was a strip club. And, and we found that that kind of was a, a gateway that uh, would take uh, especially women into uh, those type of fields. And so they, we didn't go in with this agenda to, to shut anything down. We went in to love people. And so there was a small group of ladies that just started uh, visiting the, the strip club before it opened uh, and would visit with the dancers. 
they would bring uh, cupcakes or cookies or something like that and just visit with them. Uh, the, the goal was to have relationship, to show them that they are uh, humans, that they are, are loved by not just their, their family and friends, but they're, they're loved by even complete strangers. And many of them became friends. Uh, with them uh, what was I think more amazing was this the the owner of the strip club was fine with our people coming in you know and he said like hey you know don't try to steal them away and there was never any talk of uh, you know hey you got to get out of this you got to get out of this it was always if you need something more or if you need help we're here uh, and so we did have a couple ladies who decided like man I don't want to be doing this for my life I, I, I want better for this and so they did actually begin to talk with uh, some of our ladies outside of work, outside of the, the strip club. Uh, and we helped some people get some housing, get some schooling, get their feet underneath them so that that, uh, that stripping and dancing didn't have to be uh, their only source of income, didn't mm. have to be their only part of life. Right. And so we did see some ministry, uh, amazing ministry happen through that. But some of the best stuff was just knowing that letting ladies know that they weren't alone uh that there was people that cared and loved for them um and when they needed uh when they needed something there was someone that was there and so that was kind of the start of a relationship with a strip club and a strip club owner uh i hadn't heard of that before with the church but it was like all right we're working it (laughs) (laughs) it was it was working it was interesting how did how did the church um Man, what was their what was their reaction? I gotta I gotta believe it was it was probably mixed. But what was the reaction sure. when okay, we're this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna go over to the strip club and we're gonna, you know, hand out cupcakes and stuff. What kind of response did you get from the from the congregation? You know, it wasn't one of those things that you announce on a Sunday morning. Hey guys, this is what we're doing. Um, yeah, it was among trusted uh, ministry leaders and and women who had ha- had already kind of expressed this heart uh, to some of the leadership, and so it was worked that way. Uh, it wasn't a secret; like everyone kind of knew it was kind of happening. Not everyone knew the details. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was like, hey, if we're reaching people who wouldn't normally come inside of our church building because it has the label church on it, uh, that's awesome. Like whatever it takes. If it takes cupcakes, cool. If it takes, um, you know, sitting for 20 minutes um, before work starts, awesome. Uh, there was actually was even uh, our women were going in and just realizing like the dressing room quote unquote <laughs> dressing room mm. that they were getting ready in was just it was kind of in shambles. And so they asked permission, like, listen, could we help kind of like make this nicer, like paint it, um, you know, just kind of just give, give it a little bit of a, a facelift. And um, again, the owner was fine with it. He was like, yeah, you can do that. And so uh, those ladies with the help, some of the dancers, they just kind of helped fix it up again, just trying to give them an opportunity to say there's th- there's more in life like this. We're helping this area become nicer where you work um but this isn't it this is just the tip of the iceberg and so uh, i guess anyone that found out about it was like you know all right that that's crazy but man you're just loving people like you can't how how do you argue against loving people and so Mm. we didn't we never felt any pressure or blowback uh from people but that's kind of been our our mission um like our mission is to relationally love people to christ-centered wholeness and that means any kind of relationships um, yeah. We're not, we, we don't shy away from like, oh, that person's too dirty or that person's too uh, far from Jesus or that person's too much not like me. Uh, it's like, man, if God's put that person in your wingspan, like in your uh, sphere of influence, your reach, 
uh, he must be there for a reason. Right. She right. must be there for a reason. I, I want I want I want to pause the the strip club story for for a minute yeah. and, and ask this question because um, you know one of the things that I've discovered in in researching. Uh, for putting uh, putting this whole idea about being better together um, in in book form is trying to discover what are what are the virtues what are the um, what characteristics have to be within a person obviously I believe those are, are from God but but for the people um, for churches that aren't doing this uh, generally mm-hmm. speaking what do you think are the obstacles what are the challenges that are preventing them from thinking the way that you guys did as a congregation. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, is it one. is it fear or I mean, I'm sure I guess that's part of it. But what what is it that that keeps us from? Because I think I think what you're describing is actually the way that we all should be functioning, uh, sure. and 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 love. I actually you know begins with being concerned about relationships, which I think a lot of people are. Um, leery of forming those genuine relationships because that means being vulnerable but what else have you seen in your experiences as a pastor and even there in that local congregation that you you would say these are maybe some things to look for that will that are obstacles from being what god intended us to be sure i think fear is a is a big one i I think for most people though it's it's a narrow focus Mm. um we we compartmentalize a lot of our lives uh you know sunday time is my church time um, during the week is my work time. You know, if I'm real good when my kids come home from uh, from school, it's it's catch up with them and dinner time. And that's good. It's good to have boundaries. It's good to have certain focuses. But when we become narrowly focused, that's all we see during that time. And so we miss um, the word we use is wingspan. But with those who are on our periphery, those who are right next to us, mm. but we're not necessarily focused on. And again, it's not a bad thing. It's when we're not thinking, God, who is in my sphere of influence right now? Who is in my bubble uh, that, that I can impact? When we're not thinking that way, it's too easily focused on just the task or the, the, the obstacle or the blessing that's straight ahead. Yeah. Uh, and, and as church people, I think we're even more um, vulnerable to that, to those who aren't in the church. Uh, because we're like, well, we've seen this done this way, and so we're going to do it this way, and we're going to keep going that yeah. in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the, the church, uh, an obstacle try to get to get through and get over as a church is to continually talk about how it's not about Sunday; it's really about the other six days. Mm. Like it, it is about seeing those who are in our our sphere of influence, our wingspan, and grabbing a hold of them and saying, "How are you really doing?" Uh, what's really going on without the context of, okay, man, we got to get them saved. We got to get them to know Jesus. Right. Like we don't, we don't talk about that at Northridge. Like it's, it's about who is there to have a relationship with, you know, when they're ready or when you realize there's an opportunity, invite them into your home, into a relationship, into a conversation, invite them to church. Like I have so many people that tell me, like, I, I tell my friends, like, Come to church, like, no, no, I don't like church. No, no, come to our church, like, it's different. Whether it's different or not, <laughs> there's an invitation to say, hey, come experience what we're experiencing because it's it's focused on relationships. Mm. It's not focused on the right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's great, man. That's 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 so good. Um, 
and we lack that, I think, in our world, too, even with, uh, you know, social media and all these things that, that make us feel like we're connected and we're having genuine relationships. But it's uh, a friend of mine uh, told me the other day, he said, we, we've traded that for the counterfeit shrines of Instagram and Twitter. Uh, sure. And I thought, you know, that's true. Just the, the one-on-one or one in a group or just physical contact with people and having conversations. What 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 do you, else do you do as a pastor there now that this kind of is a um, culture there at Northridge? What, what do you do to fuel that mindset? You mentioned a couple of things, but what else are you guys doing intentionally for those that may be listening to this and maybe even other pastors are going, well, I'd love to see us do something like that at our church. What are some, what are some things that will fuel that kind of a mindset? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the big things that we do is we always talk about relationships. Like uh, we talk about our relationship with Jesus and we talk about our relationship with one another. Um, oftentimes, even our response time at the end of messages, uh, we will encourage people not just, you know, to come forward for, um, for prayer because you need prayer, but because that's how you connect with another human being and Jesus. Mm. Um, a lot of our time, our responses aren't even, Hey, go to a prayer team member. It's pray with the person next to you. It's ask the person next to you. Um, cause oftentimes it's not that person's not in your family. Yeah. Uh, they, you may or may not know them. Um, and so we're, we're, we're calling people to, again, engage in the, I would say, low-level relationship type of thing. Um, within the church, we can try to create um, environments and atmospheres so that like on a Sunday morning or even throughout the week when ministry is happening, that there are places, um, third spaces in a sense, um, little nooks where conversations can happen. Uh, I, I think you're seeing a trend in churches uh, that are that are building or are expanding. They want that lobby space. Yes. Um, central meeting space is very important, uh, almost sometimes more important than the auditorium space mm-hmm. because some of the great connections are are happening in that space with people. And then those translate into the sanctuary time, into the response time. Yeah. Wow. So, that's so good. We spend a lot of time on that. We also free coffee. Like, I, if if a church doesn't have free coffee, you're missing out. Yeah, and, and make it and make it decent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just make it decent. Like, no, spend that's... the extra twenty five cents and make it decent. Well, that, you're right. I, one of the one of the uh, uh, chapters uh, that is going to be in this uh, that's in this book is, is talks about community and and done over coffee and uh, you know St- Starbucks, of course, that most people on the planet know. Sure. Uh, talks about that third, the third place. The CEO talked about, yep. and you mentioned that that third place, and and um, you know, I I like to tell churches and even believers, hey, let let's borrow from the billion dollar marketing budget that Starbucks has, and and learn yeah. from what they have have taught us, and and even local coffee shops, even here in our own community. Uh, I'm going to be talking to that friend later about, okay, why do people gather here? Because it's really not about the coffee. They they like the coffee. But there's a lot of conversations happening, and I think you're right. I think we in the church could could learn from that. But um, well, well, back to the strip club. That's, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that's that's a great example. Even in our town here, we just had a new coffee shop open up. It's been very busy, um, and it, it's it, the coffee's decent. It, it's pretty good. Uh, the environment's great. Yeah. The 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 environment that that is created is where people want to be mm-hmm. uh you know another thing that we do uh, is you're asking like ways to uh, engage people one of our values is that we are servants 
together. So it's not just servant uh, mindedness or, uh, you know, wanting to, to, to serve your community. It's, it's, we don't do ministry alone. Mm. Like we literally look for opportunities to do ministry alongside other people in our church or, or those outside of our church. Uh, because we believe that if we partner with local or even even global organizations, everybody starts to win. Yeah, that's it, right. It, it's not a lone wolf. It's not a mentality of man. I'm the best at this, so I'm just going to go do it. Well, if you're the best at that, then bring four people with you mm-hmm. and do it together. And so it's constantly talking about those opportunities to to do stuff with others. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so the the strip oh, yeah, strip club story back back to the story because I know the story continues. Um, sure. What 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 happened and what is what is happening now as a result of the ministry you guys have done there? Uh, yeah. So yeah, ministry kind of happened, and um, about two years ago, uh, my wife Amy was uh, at a party, actually a, a series of uh, different get-togethers. Um, with a family member of the owner of the strip club and it's a small town here and so a lot of people know every everyone but we didn't necessarily know these family members very deep uh it was at one of these um these events uh these parties that my wife was at which part of the events and part of the parties the reason was it was to bring awareness to uh sex trafficking was to bring awareness to uh plight of women really outside of even america and at the end of one of these parties, uh, this family member, uh, the strip club owner, turned to my wife and said, hey, you guys, knowing my wife's the pastor and knowing she's at Northridge, uh, said you should buy uh, the strip club, the rear end is what it's called, and tear it down and build something awesome there. Build something amazing. You know, and Amy was kind of like, ha, 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 that's funny. Like, we don't buy gigantic properties and do things. Like, we're not in the development of, of property. Um, but she came home that night and said to me, and she goes, the weirdest thing happened. And she relays the story to me. And she's like, I, I feel like we might need to do something about this. And uh, through a lot of like prayer of, no, there's no way that could happen to, okay, you know what? It doesn't hurt to have a conversation. Um, we reached out to the strip club owner and his actually first words to me were, yeah, I was expecting your call. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> um, and through that, uh, a friendship kind of formed uh through that we were able to start to talk uh she had been experiencing or is experiencing like some incredible growth and so we were starting to think like man we're starting to outsize our building like is this an opportunity god's opening up like uh with a, a whole new set of property um a like a lot more property <laughs> on the opposite side of town um, and so through our relationship through conversations over the last couple of months the strip club owner actually decides on his own uh, to, to shut the club down. I was the second call he made, actually. He said, you know what? I had some inspiration over the weekend. Uh, we're not opening up Monday. I'm shutting the club down. And so actually our, our ministry ladies who were doing ministry every, every week were kind of like, oh, we, we don't have a place to go anymore. Uh, they, were kinda, they, were, they were not upset. They were kind of like surprised and now like, wait, we've been doing this so long. Now what? Wow. Um, and so he decides to close it uh, we start entering into like, man, what would it look like to even buy it? Uh, and everything in a church moves slowly. Like I, I kept telling him, like, it's kind of like a shit, man. It takes a long time to turn yes. <laughs> and change direction. Uh, but we kept seeing God's fingerprints all over it. Like from the, from the moment of, of him being open to it, to the next step of him actually deciding to shutting it with no deal, even in, 
in place or even talked about uh, to us saying, hey, what would it really look like? Can we come up you know, with a fair price for this? Um, to actually other strip clubs, there's a strip club um, in another state that almost like a franchise thing. Mm-hmm. When they heard that this strip club had closed, called the owner and said like, hey, we'd be interested in buying it. And, and the owner literally said, well, I have someone else interested in it first and basically gave us like bought us two months of time to wow. line stuff up. Wow. And so uh, we lined stuff up, paperwork. Um, I remember going to the church and asking for a vote uh, to be able to do this and letting them know, listen, we would we'd be taking an offering um, to be able to cover this. And, and the whole time we're just praying like, all right, God, this is your will. Like I, I'm too blunt. I, I'm too like uh, not sharp in a sense to figure this out on my own. Like you've got to make it really clear. Like you've got to open up doors. Like it's got to be really obvious uh, for us if we're going to move forward with this. And so on the day of the vote, um, it was overwhelmingly, yes, we should buy this. And then a few weeks later we took an offering and, and, and my goal was, you know what, if we could raise half of this in a, in a kind of one time, give your all offering, then we could finance the other half bank and say, yes, we can do that. And so I pitched up the congregation. I thought, man, this is stepping way out in faith. Like we're going to raise, we're, we're looking to raise like $150,000, $160,000. Like that, that, that's crazy to do in one day. And when it was all said and done with people giving pledges and um, over the next month and then giving, we raised almost 200000 Wow. And so it wow. was just an outpouring of like generosity, but then God just showing up. Like, I'm like, wow, God, like, we know you've been here the whole time, but thank you for making it really obvious. So mm. we can't miss your fingerprints on this story. Yeah. And so that was, that was a year ago, um, this, this, this summer. And, you know, fast forward a year, uh, we've, we've purchased the property. We've torn down, uh, the building that was there. We've begun to rehab the land, uh, open up the trees that were kind of shrouding it, um, just starting to make it usable again. We've done um, a couple of events down there. We're actually doing a huge community event here at the end of September, just basically to welcome the whole community in because it's been a strip club for over 30 years. Mm. It just, just was not a place you wanted to go. Um, but before that, it was actually a, fa- um, a movie, a drive-in movie theater. And tons of families went. And so we really see this as a redemption of this not just this land, but this this corner of our town uh, for families. Um, we see it as redemption of families. Like it's no longer a place you drive by and think shame. You drive by and you go, "Hey, there's hope. There's life there." Wow. So man, that's, that's amazing. The story in a nutshell. There. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Hey, uh, if you want to get in touch and find out more uh, about uh, what's happening at Northridge Church in Marshfield. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, you can jump online to the uh, their website, northridgefamily.org. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Jack Eason podcast. Be sure to check out the website for blogs, videos, and more help on the issues of loneliness, friendship, and community. To get updates on the release of Jack's new book from Ravel Publishing, sign up for an email alert at jackeason.org. 